Welcome to Planner Parlay, the show where we come together under a flag of truce to talk about small agency strategy. On today's show, guests talk about finding and nurturing fresh talent. They talk about reaching new talent, the secrets to identifying great candidates, and how to motivate strategists from all generations. Join Beth Egan, Associate Professor of Advertising at Syracuse University, and Yusuf Chuku, Global Chief Strategy Officer at YMLYNR in London, as well as the Chair of the 4A Strategy Committee, and of course, John Roberts, Chief Strategy Officer at Truth Collective in Rochester, New York, as they dip a toe in the talent pool. Pull up a chair and listen in. All right, so one of the topics we want to talk about with you today is very specifically kind of around how to find and nurture and, and really bring talent forward in this industry and bring people to life and, and an industry that can be really competitive and can be hard to kind of break into. So finding new talent, bringing new talent in is a, is a challenge for the industry. Is that is that something that you guys are seeing? And, and we'd love to kind of hear a little bit about some of the struggles that you've seen and Beth on your side, what it's like to sort of nurture some of this talent. Josh, I think it's really interesting for me because we found uh, recently at Stratfest when we ran our second Planner Parley that it's a recurring theme and has been for the last couple of years with small agency strategists, but I think it's true of everybody, that finding and nurturing talent is one of our biggest concerns. I I would agree with that. I I think in terms of finding that initial young talent, um, the real challenge is identifying those people with the right skill sets. Um, I happen to work at a university that has an advertising program, a very well-known advertising program. Uh, But as I tell my students all the time, in the 25 years I worked in the business, if 10% of the people I hired had an advertising degree, that's a lot. Um, So you don't need an advertising degree to get into advertising. But then that's a challenge as a hiring manager to sort of figure out, uh, is that person going to bring the right combination of skills uh, to the business? and on the comms planning side, uh, one of the uh, programs I used to love to recruit from were at, was actually music majors, uh, because with a music major, they had this sort of uh, great combination of the, the quantitative skills in terms of reading the music and the qualitative and creative um, aspect of making music. Um, but, you know, it, it's really hard to take that bet on someone who hasn't really done anything yet. Yeah, I um it's funny, I was, I was thinking about kind of the answer to this question, because it, it, I guess there's sort of two answers. Um, is it a challenge to find uh, talent? Yes. Um, is it the fault of talent? No, <laughs> it's our fault as agencies. It, it isn't really, if, if we are unwilling to, you know, here's the thing, there are lots of bright, smart, like go-getting people out there. But if we are unwilling to put in the effort to train them and turn them into great candidates, then we will suffer a shortage of great candidates. And so, I, I you know, the, the challenge we always talk about is a kind of um, at, at sort of different experience levels. But if you're unwilling to do your bit to train and nurture that talent, there'll always be a dearth of talent. So, Yusuf, just just building on that, I think it's really fascinating for me when I think about this from a small agency perspective because I think. Quite often what I've experienced in small agencies is there's an expectation to be up and running from day one, which is actually completely contradictory to what, you know, what you're saying. And I agree with what you're saying about if we're purely looking for someone that is fully formed and ready to go from day one, then we're always going to have a real shortage in in genuine talent. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly it. 
so when I think about your perspective, because you know, you we were chatting about this before Stratfest of your experience both being in, you know, as, as small as a small agency can be in terms of freelance for yourself, or now having a multitude of planners at yeah at hand, is the principle still the same? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I it, it's 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 kind of a, a case of like everyone in the industry doing their bit. So an agency of sort of VML YNR scale, we are sort of duty brown to to train a certain number of fresh candidates. If I was sat at a much smaller place, and interesting, I um, uh, I was consulting at an, a, a very small um, uh, entertainment consultancy before I, I, I started here. And um, even there, I hired a... Um, a, a strategist with no experience. Um, I could only bring in one because <laughs> I just didn't have the capacity to kind of look after them all. Yeah. Um, but like it was still, that was still, I had to do my part. I subsequently stole him and brought him here. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I saw, you know, even, even at the size we were, we kind of had to do our bit. So I love, I want to come back to, I love what Beth was talking about, jumping into where to find them, like uh, music majors was actually something I'd never even thought of. What do you look for when we're thinking about, and this is, this is obviously leading because this is thinking about relatively inexperienced talent, but what else do you look for um, when you're thinking about talent? Yeah, I think you know, one of the key elements, and I've heard this from most people, so this is nothing new, um, but that idea of curiosity. And that's a, that's a difficult skill to identify on a resume or or even in an interview. Um, when I was uh, interviewing entry-level candidates, I would often ask them why they chose the university they chose to attend. Because that was really the first decision they ever had to make, big decision they ever had to make in their life. And it gave me an insight into sort of their um, decision-making skills. I would find that very helpful. Um, the other thing, I used to ask them, what was the last book you read? Um, a millennial reading a book today is so few and far between. I've sort of shifted that to, um, what have you read recently that inspired you? And I think a lot of entry-level folks cannot answer that question. And for me, that's a huge red flag that you're not constantly out there looking to understand something new or be inspired by something. For me, that was the best way to identify uh, the, the skill around curiosity. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree on, on the curiosity front. Like the, um, just a, an, an interest in stuff um, is just so important and you know, you, you, it's, it's vital at the junior levels and it, and it continues um, throughout your career. An interest in anything, and, and I try to encourage my students, find something to read that nobody else is reading. Um, I'm an avid subscriber to Monocle. Um, <laughs> it's very popular outside the United States, but most yes. people in the United States. Um, so find something that nobody else, that everybody else isn't reading, and that, you know, the, the definition of creativity is bringing together two previously known things in, in a new way. And, and if you don't have, you know, different things that you know, then you're solving the same problem everybody else is. That's exactly it. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of people just, um, the reality of what we do is everything uh, that we experience, that we read, that we consume, it is a value in our day jobs. 
Um, and so having people being kind of active participants in life is like really important. Like you can't, if, if, if you embrace new things and you experience new things, you'll bring all of that to your job. Uh, it, we also have to give them a little bit of time to actually have a life, but that's a whole other thing. Um, I, I'd also like, um, I, the other thing I'd, I'm also looking for is um, uh, empathy. Like um, we, we all have it, um, but some of us are just better at deploying it. And so I'm, I'm always keen to see if um, candidates naturally engage like their empathetic side. Um, that was the other to... word I had written down here. Ah, yeah, <laughs> cool. So, what what cheats do you have on that, Yusuf? When you're looking at candidates for the, for them to be able to display some form oh. of empathy? Oh, you see, I, I I can't tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you why because I, I actually have um, I have a, a standard set of questions which I uh, uh, well actually no, I have three questions that I ask everyone. The rest of the the rest of the interview is kind of free form, but I have three questions that I ask everyone of every level, and I've been asking the same three questions for maybe about eight or nine years. And so what's nice is I've started to hear a whole host of answers. Yeah. Um, I've actually hired people and then seen how they perform off the back of answering those questions. And so now I have like in my head this kind of quite extensive longitudinal study of, 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 of kind of answers to this question. But um, one of the questions is around kind of um, like getting them to do a little bit of strategy on the spot. Um, hmm. And... Um, obviously I'm looking at like solutions and all that sort of stuff but at the same time it's it's a great chance to see if they um, if they can naturally kind of empathize uh, with the situation um, I just can't tell you what the question is otherwise it will just give a whole load of people a chance to actually practice <laughs> right it's interesting because we talk a lot about strategy as a creative discipline and the answers you've all have given have you know, it's not like you're saying, well, we need to know how they're going to analyze this data or this Simmons research or this. Like, it's very much these are softer, more intuitive, more creative, artistic questions and things that you're looking for from your candidates, which I think is probably going to be surprising to some of the people listening. John, how about you? Uh, honestly, I, I think the guys have got great answers. And I, I, it's interesting, Beth, you were talking about curiosity because, of course, we all know it's fundamental when we think about the law of strategy. I found that there's also a way to poke at not just curious, but what have you done about it? So not just to go and look or to be investigate, but what what have you done about it? And sometimes that comes back to, Beth, I think you were talking about passion, is what's a passion that you have and then what do you do about it? It was really interesting to me to get the, 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 the balance between the genuine enthusiasm and discovery and learning that we all want, but also the, you've got to turn it in an agency, you've got to turn it into something. I like that a lot. And, you know, we talk to our students a lot when they're putting their resumes together about making sure that their resumes aren't about just what they've done, but what they've accomplished. Um, but I like that framing around what have you done about it? Um, I think that that gets a little bit deeper, especially for an entry level person who, let's be honest, even the greatest intern isn't making that big of an impact on the company. So I, I really like that framing. Beth, one of the things you brought up is uh, millennials and reading a book as an example, but like question for everybody is, are, are you kind of seeing changes in what's motivating these different generations from Gen Z to millennials to beyond as they come into the industry? Are, are they motivated by the same things? Are they, is the same culture working for people? Talk a little bit about this, the new generations that are kind of coming into the workforce. So it's, it's uh, um, when I joined the industry a long time ago, particularly London advertising was one of the most highly desired jobs around. I think of, of the of my cohort, 
I was one of maybe two people that weren't from Oxford or Cambridge. So the, the agency I joined had like their pick of graduates and uh, those that didn't get into the agency kind of often found a job on the client side. And so it, 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 it was different to, to now where I think we, we, we have to fight a lot harder to be noticed um, amongst all the other options that are out there. Um, but probably biggest of all, and, and the thing that um, I guess kind of, uh, I have to kind of work out a way of kind of um, making it appeal, is to those that would actually quite happily just go off and do their own thing. Like there are a whole load of um, people that are like, I don't even, I don't need to work for you. Like I don't need to work for anyone. I can go actually build something myself. And the irony is those are the people that you actually often want the most. <laughs> like they're the ones that were uh, self-starters that will make stuff happen. And, and it's that sort of energy and, and sort of push which actually most agencies need. Um, and so how you, how you make a, an environment that, that, that is right for those with an entrepreneurial spirit is, is, is a huge challenge. It also, Yusuf, I'm smiling because it's also a real challenge for you as a leader, right? Because you're going to have to play that. Actually, funny enough, comes back to that notion about empathy that you were talking about earlier. You have to have different empathic styles for the different the different drivers for the talent. So that entrepreneurial self-starter that we're seeing more and more of, they kind of want less of you in the way. So you have to find a way to be a, a, a good coach to them. Whereas there are other really talented people, and this isn't an age thing at all, but there are other really talented people that, that actually want more direction and affirmation along the way. Do you find that? Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. And and, and part of um, part of a, and I guess a kind of another sort of challenge is, is is ensuring that we create an environment that is welcoming to all types. So whether you're introverted, extroverted, kind of a entrepreneurial. Or, or, or not, it kind of like there, there should be room for you. Um, and so, you know, in, in, in days gone past, we, we created um, uh, recruitment processes that really weeded out people that weren't exactly like the people at the agency. And so the, the biggest challenge is also how do, how do you broaden that funnel? But at the same time, it still needs to filter out or, or, or allow people to kind of surface that are are absolutely right, but interestingly, they are more than one type. I heard something the other day along those lines that I thought was really interesting. This idea that the baby boomers were the generation of work hard and you'll be successful. Gen X, we were more the generation of, you know, we'll figure it out. We were the latchkey kids, if you will. So, you know, we'll just get in and figure it out. Uh, and the, the challenge we've had in bringing these millennials in is, you know, they were the generation of tell me what to do. Um, they were the ones that were helicopter parented. So if I'm of the ilk of just give me a challenge and I'll figure it out, and I've got somebody who wants to be told every step of the way, that becomes very frustrating. And I think what I'm seeing from whatever we're calling this next generation, um, they're, they're more of, you know, to your point, Yusuf, I'm going to figure it out for myself. Um, I, I don't need this company, I don't need particularly this person with experience, almost a do-it-yourselfer mentality. That sounds like a much better base for planning or strategist to, to have talent coming in saying, you know what, I kind of got this, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, and some of it must be the 
barrier to entry for so many things has come down. Like there's been so much democratization of what people can make right from the time they're, you know, interacting with YouTube or Kickstarter or so many different ways where gatekeepers that would normally you would have to go through to get anywhere are gone. So people are just making stuff and creating stuff almost like as soon as they can. And it seems like that is having a pretty dramatic impact on this younger generation. Uh, I kind of want to come back to the, the the top line notion of finding and nurturing talent and give you both an opportunity. Yusuf, tell us a little bit about what the 4As can do to help nurture young talent and bring them into the industry. What we're really focused on um, currently is is how do we play more of a role in uh, in, in sort of training and skills development, starting to so, so, so you know if if if, if agencies. Uh, at, at, if agencies need to take on more of that kind of developing of talent, kind of there is a role for the four A's in, in, in sharing some of that burden. I, I think one of the things we're particularly um, interested in or, or, or trying to figure out is that at the moment we we have set up a few hurdles um, for people, particularly as it comes to kind of postgraduate degrees and, and various other things, which kind of at the same time create yet another barrier uh, for people to get in. And so I, I, there's some work to be done in terms of how do you kind of remove those barriers but ensure that people are still getting the training and development they need to kind of find, find their sort of first job in the industry. And Yusuf, just thinking about it from you know, your perspective with your, your hat of uh, leading the 4 uh, strategy committee as well, that, that talent support isn't just about young and incoming talent, is it? No, it's, it's to, you know it's at any level as well. Exactly, it's a good reminder to me. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I've, I've been. Um, if you re- re- replay the tapes, <laughs> you'll find I've been a. Uh, uh, I, I, I always try and use the word fresh talent uh, and new talent um, to take away. Like they, they can uh, fresh does not mean that they are particularly young. It is. It's. It's. They are just fresh to the industry, and you know. We, th- therefore, we kind of yeah, we have to ensure that we are pulling from from everywhere. Beth, how about you from the the higher education standpoint? I'm going to kind of go back or or continue this thread in terms of um, the soft skills. I mean, certainly at a university, the the hard skills come with the territory, um, and we certainly address those. But I think the most important things that I focus on are um, emotional intelligence, number one. one thing I am seeing, um, and sorry to say this, Yusuf, so get ready. <laughs> um, but one thing I am starting to see more and more is um, students coming in honestly unprepared emotionally to deal with the stress, to deal with the workload. And I don't know if that's because their parents were doing it for them up until now, fighting their battles for them. I'm not really sure uh, what the impetus of this is, but really needing to coach them on, it's going to be okay, take a deep breath. And we just spent, uh, I want to say $6 million, and I, I'm probably totally overstating it, so someone at Syracuse University will come yell at me, <laughs> but on um, redeveloping our um, our gym facility to put in meditation rooms and yoga rooms and dog therapy and all sorts of things. So teaching them and focusing on the emotional intelligence. Then secondly, uh, I would say the critical thinking skills. Again, they're they're very accustomed to um, taking the test and doing well on the test, um, but not so good at having to formulate their own opinions and their own strategies. 
And then the last piece I would say, I'm calling them life skills. Um, but, but again, you know, for Yusuf, this is sort of making sure that when they do step foot in your agency, they can put their phones away during a meeting and focus, that they, they can write with a pen and paper, you know, very basic things that you're going into a professional field and there's expectations and you better learn them here because the agencies um, don't have the time or the patience to teach them. Hey Beth, one, one of the the, uh, the the points that I thought was really interesting that came out from the parlay we ran at Stratfest was um, there was a higher educator there in the room as, as well for the workshop. Let me ask you, uh, from your perspective, do, and I'm biased, okay, because I'm thinking about this from a small agency in particular perspective, do small agencies do enough to connect with people like you who can influence, you know, the young burgeoning talent at places like Newhouse about where they could go, which companies they could join, what they should look for. Could you get more help from small agencies? And obviously, you know, the benefit to a small agency of finding to that talent quickly. We absolutely could get more help um, from the small agencies. And I think the students would be very receptive to that, you know, especially, you know, given where I'm situated and given where myself and my colleagues came from. We tend to be a very New York City-centric program. Um, and I have this conversation with students all the time that, um, look, I, you know, I'm from New York City. I think it's the greatest city in the world. I miss being there every single day. But if you think it's dirty and loud and crowded, it is. <laughs> and if you don't like that, then um, then certainly don't go there because you're that's going to be your life every single day. I tend to gain energy from that. So yeah, I, I would love to have other options to say to my students, you know, there's great agencies in Buffalo or Rochester or, um, you know, where have well, there's, you. There's one in Rochester, <laughs> just, just to be really biased. That, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. But, it's but I think me. that's the beauty of the advertising business is and I think it always has been. You know, you can do it from anywhere, and there's great work being done everywhere. You know, I've, I found uh, most recently because we've actually got uh, we've got a live client brief being worked on by one of your other classes at Newhouse, and the client and we are all getting really energized by what the students are doing. Granted, it's not going to be a hundred percent right. That's not what we're looking for. But we actually, it's, it gives us that fresh perspective as well as a little bit more depth of learning and a different view which has been really really useful yeah it's amazing some of the random ideas they come up with i'm curious just after the the conversation about some of the things that you're not seeing from this younger generation is there anything really interesting that you are seeing that you're like this is going to be something that's going to help them succeed in this industry that we can harness that we can drive maybe a little a little ray of light in terms of like where you're seeing something maybe new that this generation has that previous ones haven't or something agency people could look to harness and help grow i i think they i think they do have a bit more chutzpah if you will and i think that's a little bit different than um, confidence. It, it's this idea, again, I kind of go back to this feeling that they feel like we've screwed this all up so they couldn't do any worse than we've already done. <laughs> so this willingness to dive in and um, just figure it out. 
probably the one thing that I, I've just seen more of, and it's not that it didn't exist, but the idea of just being multifaceted, like um, sort of ambidextrous people used to be kind of like, oh, it was a thing that made them stand out. And I, it just feels like more and more of a common trait that I'm seeing a, a new generation that are kind of, I'm happy to wear uh, a strategist hat, but at the same time I can pick up a camera, I can go film something, edit it. Like, like they're just, they're, they're happy to kind of wear uh, or comfortable wearing different hats and, 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 and making stuff happen. And all of that goes back to kind of this, just this desire to kind of just get it done and, and, and make it. So less, less of a like, this is my swim lane, as much as like, no, I, I kind of know we need to get this done. Also just slightly better at working in teams. <laughs> I've loved, um, and I've seen this. It's, it's I've seen this with um, lots of uh, 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 sort of fresh uh, creative teams who, but, but before used to um, like this is my idea. I'm going to work on it on my own until I present it to creative director. Suddenly, you'll see like five or six creatives. They've all been working in a Google Doc from the beginning, and it's like these are our ideas, which is kind of what we've always should have been like. Um, but it's 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 nice to see that energy coming from, uh, from newer, newer recruits. I wonder whether that's, that, that's how they've grown up, but also there's, to me, there's this healthy disregard for hierarchy or ancient ways of doing things. Do you know what I mean? In terms of healthy disregard of, in terms of, so I'm a strategist, but I can also shoot, I can take pictures, or I'm a creative, but I'm quite happy to share the idea because I, I don't care about the linearity and the hierarchy that kind of older folk like me grew up in in an agency i mean there's definitely structural stuff that's made that i mean i when i was i i couldn't afford time in a dark room and i certainly couldn't afford an slr and so like there were lots of like you know couldn't couldn't record anything on a video camera because the tape was too expensive so like um there's definitely stuff that's just enabled just more of that so that if the desire's there there's, there's less to stop you learning it and and, and doing it so that i think that 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 certainly has has, has helped, um, but then the desire to kind of like learn things is greater. Like they're just like I, the, the the sense about I've got to learn this new skill is, is less of a foreign concept. Like they didn't feel the need to specialize early. All right, so I'm thinking a little bit about uh, you guys now looking after all this stuff we've talked about. If you could go back to your 23 year old self and give him some advice, uh, what would you say to uh, a young 23-year-old Beth just getting into all this stuff. We'll start with you and then kind of pass it around. What advice would you give young people now? Yeah, I think there's there's two things that, that if I went back, I would do a little bit differently. Um, one of those is be patient. Um, and, and we see that a lot, you know, our students who are less than a year into the job coming in and coming back and saying, oh, it's not what I thought it was going to be. I got to get out of there. Um, you know, we used to joke on the AT&T business, you know, the, the great thing about the account was when things were going bad, we knew they were going to change. The problem was when they were going good, we knew they were going to change. <laughs> and I think I lacked some of the that patience at points in my career where I just left things too quickly. And then the other thing I would say is be focused. And what I mean by that is, um, really understand where you want your career to go and what types of jobs or projects um, or clients are, are going to get you there. And I think, I, I think that's especially important for women in the business because we tend to be 
willing to, you know, take on whatever we're asked to do. You know, the, this account is, we really need you here. This is really important for the agency. Okay, I'll do that. And then, you know, in, in the future, this is what I want to do next. And, you know, when I think back on the mentors I had, both male and female, uh, they were the ones who were best at shutting out the noise and just understanding what was going to uh, work towards their vision of their own future and get them to their ultimate goal. So be patient, be focused. I was um, I was chuckling to myself when you were um, asking this question. There are so many things I wish I'd done. Most of them are just like little decisions around, yes, you should follow that guy to that startup. It will be successful. <laughs> <laughs> or do take that job at Google. That stock will be worth a fortune now. But anyway, <laughs> aside, aside, aside from that stuff, I have no regrets. The um, but I I, I think the um, the bit that uh, I, I didn't realise till later in my career, and this is just like a broader thing that I, I just tell anyone and everyone, irrespective of their industry, um, was I, I sat in a talk and I've forgotten who the woman was, but um, it was late for me. But it was a realisation. She was like, "Look, everyone tells you to get a mentor. It's great." but you need an advocate. Every decision about your career is made when you're not in the room. And so you need people in the room speaking on your behalf. And I was like, it's so obvious and I'd never thought about it. And uh, I was like, yeah, of course, advocates, yes. <laughs> so I always tell people to yes. get one of those. Um, Absolutely. Then the, the other thing is just like, um, it's sort of trite advice around like, but it's, it's also true. Like, like people always do like, you know, do, do what you love. But interestingly, when you when you finally get your sort of start in, in in this industry, you'll be doing lots of tasks you hate, and there'll be a few tasks you kind of I really like this task. Um, the reality is, any one of those tasks that you actually enjoy, you can specialize if you like, and and really focus on that and get really good at that. And bizarrely, people pay you more the better you are at something, and so you might as well be good at something you love doing. And so I'm always like, when you're once you're in an agency, find the things that you kind of kind of like. Don't overthink it and just like focus on it and get a lot better at it. Um, that would be really helpful. And then the other thing is just like people developing their own style. I think I, I, I tried for a long time, like the younger me tried to conform to kind of like um, how I thought people thought I should be. And then over time started to realize, oh, like when I just be me, it like people like that because it's it's me and it's it's more interesting than not being me. And so, like embracing your own style uh, and and doing it in the way that's true to you, kind of is 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 probably the best path. Oh, Yusuf, that's so true. I'm I'm smiling because it took me a long, long time to realise I was always trying to be the person I thought the rest of the room wanted me to be, which wasn't necessarily me. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it, it's really hard work. <laughs> it's exhausting. <laughs> and ultimately really unfulfilling. So my 23-year-old self, uh, I was actually just starting to get into the business as, a, as an account guy. And if I look back now, I think the two learners for me were, uh, you're not really an account guy, you're more of a planner. But my, my thought would be, what got me would be building on you know that love that you've talked about. But whatever you do, really care about what you're doing whether it's the most menial task ever or the biggest chunk ever or you're taking a huge risk, really care about it because it will come through. It will both make the work better, you put your heart into it and so it becomes more enjoyable and people notice. 
people really notice when uh, talent around them care about what they're doing. Oh, hundred percent agree. I, sorry, you just you reminded me of um, one of the things I look for in a more senior talent is a love for the craft. Like you can tell people are just really into this and 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 care about it, and and it's so important to develop that. So actually, can we just expand on that because I think. We've been talking a lot about finding and nurturing talent, and our bias, of course, is always towards the younger talent. But Yusuf talked about fresh talent earlier. What more do you look for, Yusuf, when you when you think about fresh talent, which isn't necessarily entry level or coming into the industry for for you know the first couple of years in? Yeah, I, there's a um, there's a level of nerdiness that I kind of I kind of like. I like it when people are into stuff. It helps if they're into what we do, but also just being into stuff. Like you, um, you care enough or are passionate about something to kind of um, want to get better at it. But I, I uh, it's, it's, it's. There is actually another piece actually um, around craft, which is I also look for people to know how to get better at stuff. So as much as you can have a, a healthy disregard for how things have been done in the past. Um, you at the same time need to understand that you can learn from how things have been done in the past and actually do it better <laughs> rather than just dismiss it out of hand. And so people are kind of are able to demonstrate that kind of um, are in a good position to, to be hired. I'm also wondering, do they need to be a great champion of the craft? And again, I'm thinking like with my small agency hat on, I find that there's a constant need to really affirm the role and the value that strategy can bring, not just the in the focus of that particular client need. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I have this thing when I'm assessing strats, I always explain to them early on, which is I am, I'm less concerned about what you are producing. Like I, I don't actually need to see uh, your briefs or strategy documents or, or anything like that. What I'm concerned about is that people want you in the room uh, and want your presence. So if, and, and particularly the you know, two constituents, if, if, if creatives want you around or any, any maker uh, wants you around, then ultimately means that you are providing a level of clarity around the task and you are um, providing a level of stimulus to the process that like they find useful. And secondly, if clients want you around, and probably just as importantly, if clients want you around, it means that you have demonstrated that you understand their business and you understand the role that our company plays in building their business and what we make contributes to building their business. Um, and so they want you in the room. If those things are happening, then you are being a champion of strategy. And, and it doesn't really matter what you are producing. If that's happening, then whatever you're producing is useful. Yeah, Beth, it sounds like a lot of this ties back to the soft skills that you were you were referring to earlier for the students and the young people, even now later in their career, those things are still critical for, for moving through the industry. Yeah, and that, that's one of the biggest struggles I have, and part of it is um, endemic to our program, which I won't get into here, but what I tell the students constantly is there's not a job in advertising that's not strategic. And you know the, the, the jobs with the strategy title are harder to get. So you know, to Yusef's point, be the person they want at the table. And you know, we were very successful, my teams and I were very successful at that throughout my career in terms of, yes, I was the media person at the table, but if I understood their business, 
and can contribute on a, on a broader level, then there were many times where we sort of became the lead go-to in the agency teams um, simply because we, we didn't just sit back and, and throw a flowchart on the wall at the during the last three minutes of the meeting. <laughs> Um, you know, being with them throughout the entire process and thinking about how it works from a 360 degree point of view. Um, and the people who not only can do that, but have the confidence to make that their role are the ones I think succeed in, in any part of the advertising business. And probably at a small agency, it's even more necessary to do that. So speaking of, of small agency, a perfect segue, what about actually finding the talent? Like what barriers are there for a small agency to attract the, you know, the talent? It could be market, could be size of agency, but I, I want to get thoughts from, from all of you starting with John. It's definitely a combination of things I've learned both for us and, you know, and being in, you know, a second, uh, I think call it second tier city, Rochester, as much as I love it, just doesn't have a, a scale of many strategist roles within Rochester. And I heard this as well when I'm talking to other small agency strategists at Stratfest and onwards from other places that um, location matters. And part of that, I think, is the, is the risk of bringing talent to a small agency in a smaller city constrains the opportunities for them of what if it doesn't work out? Which is a terrible thing to think about, right, of the negative aspect. But it's just also it's a reality of, of shipping and moving to a place where you may not be from. Um, you're doubling down on, on that. So the flip side for us is we, we found we spend an inordinate amount of time making sure people really understand the city and the culture they're moving to. So when we bring people in, we definitely, we want them in for a weekend. We uh, tour around with them. We let them look at places. We pair them up with people who have similar interests, for example, so they can get a real feel for what what would it be like if they lived here, not just worked here. But finding the talent to actually think about, you know, moving to a Rochester or coming to Rochester is definitely, um, is definitely hard work. Yusuf, in the big bad city with thousands of planners, within female YNR. Tell me you've got it all sorted. <laughs> no, no. I, I um, essentially, we, at VML YNR, what's interesting for us is we are both, um, we have uh, we have a whole load of offices. And so we have offices in big cities. And then, but we also have offices in much smaller cities. And and interestingly, the, 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 the task of attracting people is, is just the same that there's still the question if it doesn't work out here you are still the only player in town and so irrespective of the fact that we are part of a big agency you're still stuck in that town and, and without a job to go to so it's it's a uh, um it's, it's interesting that the, the the location issue is is irrespective of size but we um th there is a draw that exists around kind of the breadth of opportunity and so I, I'm always, you know, when I'm when I'm sat here, I, I, I lean into the fact that actually, if you come here as a strategist, there genuinely isn't any reason to leave. Um, it's it's like a what's the adage? If you tire of London, you tire of life. And it's, yeah. it's the same like, like because <laughs> because of the range of disciplines and clients and locations and everything else, there's no there is no real reason to leave. And so that that you're, you're taking less of a risk if you don't like. The exact role. Um, if you are good, we will find you another one. There's plenty of scope. So that 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 does 
work in our favour. I tell you what though, what I miss from when I was recruiting at smaller places was I was able to guarantee them a voice. They would have access to the most senior people in the agency. They would be vital to, to the business that they're on just because you have to be. <laughs> like there's no, there is no space for people that aren't contributing and adding value. So there was a, an exposure uh, that came with the role and there was an, an opportunity to really take on as much as you, you, you wanted. Um, that gets, you know, if I'm being very, very honest, that gets that's harder to do on certain uh, certain accounts that we might have at, at yeah. a large shop. Beth, how about you? Well, I think some of the things that we were talking about before in terms of sort of the characteristics of the younger kids coming up now actually bode very well for this particular challenge uh, because they they are more focused on their lifestyle versus you know their life goals if you will they want to be in control of how they live their lives uh, and they're willing to do that so I, I think you you will see some more opportunity with folks who decided no I, I want to have that nice house and the yard at the outset I don't want to live in the 500 square foot apartment with three of my closest friends in New York City because somebody told me that's where I needed um, to start my career. We had one of our most talented grad students a couple of years ago went and started at an agency in Tennessee because that's where she wanted to live. And um, that, that's some of the advice we, we give the students too is if you know what you want to do, be willing to go anywhere. Um, but if you know what, what you want to where you want to be, be willing to do anything. And I'm seeing a lot more of the young talent just saying, um, this is where I want to be and, and I'll find my way when I get there. Um, so I think that's um, hopeful for small agencies. Love it. You know, and we've heard loud and clear from, you know, from other strategists within other parlays that that reality, like you talked about Yusuf, there's nowhere to hide which is a good thing and a bad thing, right? But the, the really good thing is that there's an expectation that you really will make a difference, uh, both within the work you're doing with your team and you do have contact with all levels of people within the agency, so your voice can be heard. And, and what, what role does agency culture play in this motivation for, for young talent? And Yusuf, you talked a little bit about the size and scale and how people may not have access or their voice may not be heard in the same way as a small agency. But just real quick, like, does agency culture motivate people? Does that change this equation a little bit? Uh, yeah, I, I think absolutely. We, um, one of the things we focus on... Um, and it's interesting because it's not even a, I, I was going to say one of the things we focus on at VML, why not? But we don't actually have to focus on it as much as the fact that it, it sort of happens. Like you can't, you know, culture doesn't come from someone laying it out on a PowerPoint slide. It, 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 it sort of comes from from everyone. And I think what, what we've been able to do is create an environment where um, uh, everyone feels that they can contribute to the culture and push it where they want it to go. So there's less of a kind of management have mandated fun on Thursday afternoons to actually know <laughs> I <laughs> we've decided to do this we've got support of the agency we're going to make it happen and so you 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 create an agency where people want to be like because pe people feel like they have a say in in where it's going how it works and what it does 
and so I, I, it, it's been interesting that we've been able to kind of create that at, at, at an agency that's that's fairly large it just doesn't it's 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 one of those one of the the best things i hear is that people kind of go it, it's funny i never feel like i'm at a large agency like it feels really homely uh, i feel like i could speak to anyone <laughs> and everyone's approachable that's cool so, yeah Beth, does this tie back to what you were saying earlier about you know the, the choices that you're finding uh, the students are making as they as they graduate, that they're looking for the right place, not just the right job? Absolutely, and you know, look, the, everyone understands that advertising is a tough profession, um, and you're not going to walk into a nine to five job, and it's going to, especially at the entry level, it's going to consume a large part of your life. And I think that's why they're they're even more focused on, okay, I'm willing to put that hard work in, but I want to do that in a place that I, I know I'll have fun at and that when I walk out the door in the evening, I'm somewhere where I want to be. That's perfect. Well, that's that's all the questions that we had. This has been a really wonderful discussion. Thank you so much for joining us on Planner Parlay today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Planner Parlay, a Truth Collective production.